안녕하세요. This is Pastor Tanya Yola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to jump on here and let you know that I had to reevaluate some things this week. I was grateful for to be able to be finished with one class, but still, it's some things that I really wanted to just having to go back and do and read and try to be able to evaluate and set apart some things in my life. I don't know about you. But sometimes I know that we have spring cleaning in the spring, but when the fall is coming, I want to get rid of some things that during the summer I used and I had to throw away some things and I had to, you know, cut some things down and I had to have my husband to cut down one of the trees in front of our home and half of it now, not all of it, because half of it had died during the summer. And because the tree knew that it was a lack of water here in South Korea, it preserved itself, but it used half of itself. And then the rest of it start dying slowly. Let me say this one more time. And because it knew it had to go through some growth and some maturity, it had to let half of it to go. And during the tsunami that we had, the winds were blowing and, you know, it was, it was really tense for a little bit, but I wanted to let you know that during that time, the one half of the tree that was pretty much becoming dead, you know, fell down. But the tree that was nourished and half of the tree that was nourished and moist and, you know, able to be green, it's withstand the winds. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It had to realize that half of it needed to be cut off, had to sustain and had to be able to take away the carbon dioxide and the water and the substance for it to grow. So my husband was able to cut it down because I needed it and it was looking bad in the yard. So he cut it and he, you know, he, he did what he had to do to, you know, remove it from the yard. And I'm looking at the stump and then I'm looking at the part of it that is still moist and still, you know, fertile. And it just has started having some blooms on it and start having a little bit of fruit coming from it. And I was like, I'm so grateful that God is starting to cut some things away from me. I'm going to say it like I mean it. Sometimes we get in these situations where. God has to sit there honestly and tell us, hey, you need to get away from that and you need to kind of come over here a little bit and let me get into this word and let me fast a little bit. Let's let's have more prayer. Let's have more time to speak with us and let's have more time to, you know, be able to even though you have to catch up with cleaning of the home and, you know, straightening things up and throwing things away, some things had to be renewed and replaced. And then at the same time, God still wants to talk to you. Oh, you don't hear me though. It's something about the relationship in you and God. It matures. And it gives you that vibration. It gives you that the vibration of hope. And it and it gives you that. And I understand they say vibration, but it's the it's the sound. It's that sound that 
penetrates through the whole entire earth just to be able to let you know that God wants to talk to you. Y'all don't hear me though. It's that sound that God and you need to be able to fellowship and he'll call you my daughter, my son, I need you, or he'll call you by name. Whatever the situation is, he will get your attention. And now more than ever, saints of the most high, he's getting our attention. Now, I didn't want to put this out until God gave me confirmation. And I was just, you know, I was saying, God, you know, and I heard what he said. It's it's not that I didn't hear, but I wanted to make sure this is what God is saying into the church. Because if I'm putting this out, I need to make sure that my words are assured, that my words are, are ordained by God, not by man. See, sometimes we can hear something, but that isn't of God. And so God, it will repeat himself and he would honestly sit there and have it to go through. So I'm just letting you know that this part of me is sitting here and saying, well, God, I want to make sure because I'm your servant and your servant needs to make sure we hear you and we hear you correctly. And I'm not just saying me, I'm saying the body of Christ, us as a whole need to make sure we're hearing from God. We're basically making sure that we are his mouthpiece, especially the prophets. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I'm not here for myself. I'm here to do what God says do, and then I got to go home. But what God was giving me was that, you know, is it this one in my topic? This is war. It, it is a war that is spiritual and is coming into the natural. And it's coming in so much so that people need to understand it's going to be holiness or hell. And then at the same exact time, it's about us being able to uphold what God has started in us. What God has already said, look, this is what is holiness. You can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't do all of these things and think that you can stay holy. You can't sit there and fornicate and sleep with this person and sleep with that person and think you're holy. You can't go out there and go and prostitute. That means give your bodies out to so many people and doing all of these different things. And even in your mind. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You can sit there and have tainted thoughts of someone and, you know, have have jealousy and envy and strife and still think that you're saved. No, no, you can't do that. So, yes, this is war. Do you understand that the body of Christ needs to understand the spirituality that's going to come into the natural We have to be the example that God has given us. We're supposed to be Christians, Christ-like. But at the same exact time, people are starting to taint the lines. They're, They're starting to do things that isn't of God. And then they'll sit there and say, oh, I'm of God. And I that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But God is saying, no, that's not so. You can't sit there and, and read and, and, and preach and, and then sing God's praises. And then you go and you go into the church and then afterwards you're sitting up here and doing what's in the world. And that's so contrary to what God has told you not to do. See, there's a distinct difference 
Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. There is a distinct difference between us and the world. There is such a thing that I had to go back and God was talking to me and I was like, let me go to Leviticus. And I know that certain people are, oh, well, you know, pastor, you know, that is in the old Testament, but do you understand that is still prevalent today? Do you understand that some of the things that's going on in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it pertains to us. Yes, us as human beings, us as of the body of Christ, and even the ones that don't even sit there and believe in God. I'm telling you, God is calling you. God is saying that, you know, I, I have called so many, but few are chosen. And now more than ever, I believe wholeheartedly that God, the judgment is coming to the church first and, and it becomes so profound. See, some of us don't realize how great of a magnitude of who we are in Christ. And then it becomes in our life. And if our character is not matching up with what we see and who we are, don't you know that speak volumes? Your character carries you. Your statue gives you who you are, but don't you know God and his Holy Spirit and his discernment and his anointing, that what destroys the yoke. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Let me calm down too. Look, your statue, your character, that is who you are. But also it's the anointing, it's the goodness of God, it's the prophetic, it's the Things that God has given to you. It's a distinction of who God is in you that makes the difference in someone's life and destroys so many different yokes, closes so many different doors, has sickness to stop and has demons to halter because they know who you are and they don't like you and you shouldn't like them. Let me say this one more time. I'm going to say it like I mean it. Why are you sitting up here patty caking with the world? But yet and still, you're sitting up here saying you're saved, that you are a Christian, that you are somebody that's distinct and unique, but yet and still, you're still listening to the world's music and you're still dressing like you have been to the club and you're still going and doing this and that. But God is calling you and saying, this is not what I need for you to be. I need for you to be distinct. I need you to be holy. I need you to stand out because people are going to want to see and hear and know me. And they are going to see and know me through you. They're going to seek you out. That's why they say that you are a light that's sitting on the hill. You cannot douse that light. He will have to be able to illuminate. And in this time period, The word of God also says, many are seeking me, seeking me, and they need to find me in you, saints of the most high. They need to see God in you, not your cares, not your feelings, not your wants, not you, but God. And I had to look at this because it was so much so on me. That God was sitting there and saying, look, you need to put this out because so many people are sitting here 
and saying, I will run to this church because this is prominent, this and this, but God is going to start shrinking because guess what? The word and the anointing is not there anymore. Oh, let me say it. Well, I'm going to say it one more time. God is going to start seeing and letting you see who is real and who is not. Who is the ones that are been on the battlefield and having to be on the wall and they're staying consistent. They're staying where God needs for you to be. I know for a fact, God is starting to shift some things. Oh, let me say that we need to be praying. We need to be asking God because October is coming and it is a different animal on this one. And I say that figuratively. It is a different mindset. It is a different way of being able to address things. God is about to start having some of the characters, some of the things that is going on. He's going to be distinctive this year. He is starting to realize he's separating the wheats from the tares. He's starting to let you know who is of God and who is not. See, you can have a a gift and that will be without repentance. But are you living the way that God wants you to live? Are you preaching the way that God needs for you to preach? See, you can preach, but also at the same time, are you living what you're preaching? Are you singing right and you're giving God the anointing, but yet and still you can take God's people because you're not living right. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, I'm getting really upset because some people will sit there and say, oh, I'm saved. I'm I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But at the same exact time, you can live like hell Monday through Saturday and then get up on Sunday and sit up there and say, oh, I'm for God. Absolutely not. God ain't liking it. And then you sit there and you realize that God, you've been able to let me know through so many different churches and so many different ways of attending. You sit there and you let me know God for me and my family. This person is a no and a no and a no. And then God will sit there and say, look, this is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you the template of what not to do. And then at the same time, I'm giving you my word to see and let you know what to do. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. That's why every time that I'm preaching, every time that I'm ministering, I ask you, please come and have your word of God with me. See, some people think that this word is just for, okay, this is inspired by men and men have tainted it. No, God has breathed his breath into this, into this word. He has been able to put his fingertips on this word. And yes, people can come in and try to taint it and, 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 and take stuff out of it. But don't you know, God is still in it. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. God is sitting up here and he is talking more than ever. If you are on the same frequency and if you're not, you need to change the volume and the radio station you are in right now. What do you mean, pastor? Jesus. Yes, Lord. God is always talking, but people don't want to hear him. They want to tune him out. They, you remember when you were growing up and I don't know about you, but we used to have those AFN and FM radios in the car and see, you used to be able to go to AFN or or FM. If you want to be able to hear a certain music or hear, you know, somebody talking or what have you. And it, 
was so profound once you started going to different states because it will be muffled or you have to change it because it wasn't the same broadcast on a, in a different state. Y'all need to understand God is on the same frequency and he hasn't changed, but yet you have all oh, y'all don't hear me though. God is saying, come out from among them and be separated. Separated means to be able to consecrate yourself. Start getting into your word, start reading your word, start, start fasting, start praying, start seeking God while yet he will be found. His spirit is dwelling among us. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You little shed every day. Thank you, Jesus. I, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you so much for being able to just bless us on today. Y'all don't hear me. See, so many people are going to hell or Shiloh and they don't even get to feel God's presence down there. It's too hot down there. They are in their personal things that what they used to do and they're getting tormented day and night and people don't want to preach that. But yes, it still is the same. Even the ones that's been sitting in church the whole entire time and it's just religiousosity. You going because you're trained to go. Your grandmother, mom, or father used to go, or your parents used to be a pastor or a bishop or what have you. You are trained to go to church, but not have a relationship with God. Oh, come on. Let me say this. You are trained to go to church, but not have a relationship with God. And then the times get really hard and upsetting and downright disgusted and downright busted. That's when you sit there and you want to call on God. But you don't have a relationship with God. Oh, when, when, it's, when things are going so good, you want to sit here and place God in a box and God is not even in your life. God is not even a part of your furniture. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Lord have mercy. I'm sorry, Lord. People don't realize how, how good he is in, in your times of troubling, in the times that you need him. God has been able to provide no matter what. We have not been able to go hungry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And when the bills are due, he's able to help us pay them. And when death comes around in our home and in our families, God has been able to preserve us and keep our minds and our hearts stayed on him. Y'all, y'all don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm telling you, stop playing with God. Stop thinking that God is a play toy. He is not. He is the author and finisher and the creator, not the creation. Mm. And if you think, and I'm talking to the atheist people and the ones that think that God does not exist. Don't you know if he did not exist? Well, how do you explain the winds? How do you explain you? How do you explain the birds being able to chirp and, and move and how we have gravity, but yet and still we, we don't even have to, you know, have to do anything to stay on this earth and having us tucked into different where planets and where we're strategically placed that we don't have so many asteroids is hurting us and hitting us and we have so many things going on but yet and still we are preserved and protected y'all i don't i don't mm -mm, mm -mm. lord i thank you so let's get into this text 
It says Leviticus 10, the first chapter, and I'm reading from King James Version. And Nabal and Nabal, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his sinner and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord. Come on now. Which he commanded them not. Oh, come on now. Strange fire, that means that they put something that was not supposed to be in it and you give it to God. Mm, mm, mm. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like, you know, when Cain gave God his, his second best and Abel gave his first. And Cain was like so disappointed and angry and jealous at, at Abel because he gave his first. And, and it wasn't even about just that he was over the, you know, over, over just his whole entire portion, but it's the fact that you sat there and you were lazy to give God something that really wasn't supposed to be going out to God, but yet and still, you're still giving it. You're still giving your lackluster best. And you think that God is going to be able to accept it. Absolutely not. So remind yourself. God, do you honestly talk to yourself? Do you think that you would want some rotten food or rotten vegetables or give your children something rotten that will make them sick? No, absolutely not. Then you think God will do the same? Do you think that we would be able to give God the sacrifice of joy and praise when we know we already been out there in the world, sitting up here, going and being in these clubs and doing whatever we want to do and then coming back into God's house and then you're sitting up here and saying, oh, this is what we need to do. Y'all, y'all, I'm telling you right now, please make sure you're giving God your best. If God is giving you, and I know he is 110, you need to be giving him 110. And when you have lackluster, when you have sat there and not giving God your best, you ask God for forgiveness. I know I have. I know I lacked in so many different things and I had to tell God, I'm sorry, God. Because I was in my word and then I wasn't. I was doing this and I was doing that. And then, and then I wasn't paying attention to this and I wasn't taking care of that. And I wasn't praying like I was supposed to, but then I was asking God, I said, I'm sorry, God, because guess what? I am human. Yes, we falter, but we don't stay in it. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you make a mistake, you genuinely tell God, I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me, God, for the things that I did and for the stuff that I know that I did wrong. And then God also too, let me not stay in that, in that mess. Let me have surgery, God. Go ahead and open me up spiritually, God. Show me what I need to know. Show me that I need to be able to change some things in my life, whether it's my diet to how I am going and who I am with or where places I am located and where I'm going with my family, my husband, my children, my, my whole entire being who I'm hanging out with. If that person is sitting up here doing things that isn't of God, then I need to be able to what? Make sure I say, God bless you, but I can't be around you. There is a distinction about you. Now, God will have you to go back out to people, to witness to them and everything else. But God knows he won't sit there and let you just go to a club 
knowing that you have these certain faculties and certain things that will sit there and set you back into what you used to be. God will not allow that. So why won't you sit there and trust him? Why won't you sit there and give God your first and your best the first time? Amen. Second verse. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Oh my God. Verse three. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord spake saying, I will sacrifice in them that come nigh me and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Do you understand that even though it was Aaron's sons and they knew they did wrong. So when Aaron knew they did wrong, he couldn't even say anything because guess what? God's judgment was righteous. God's judgment was effectively immediate. Why? Because at so many different things at this point right now, they were a part of the Levites, which means they were the ones that were supposed to be keeping God's house holy. They were the ones that were helping clean and also making sure that they can go in for the people so that they can be able to go and make sure that the people can be able to make the sacrifices to God and also go before the altar for the people to make sure that they can atone for their sins. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, and also at the same time, when they used to have the priest to go into the holies of holies and they would have a bell around their ankle and have a string around them because only the priest can go in. And usually the priest would go and they would go and they would go and, you know, they would go and praise God and talk to God about certain things. But when they knew that the bell was not ringing anymore, they knew the priest was dead and they couldn't go in and just go and gather the priest up. No, 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 no. The holies of holies was only for the priests to be able to see God. And they were able to honestly have the communication with the priest so that they can atone for their sins. And the priest would go in to be able to be the one, the only one to talk to God. So when they knew that the priest was dead, they would take the long rope and they would pull the priests out. See, we don't have to do this anymore because Jesus came and he became the perfect sacrifice and he became the priest that we needed. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Let's go. Let's go because I'm going ahead of myself. Verse four and Moses called Michelle and Ephraim, the sons of old Uriah the uncle of Aaron and said unto them, come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. Verse five. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp. As Moses has said, verse six. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Israel and unto 
Lamart, as, excuse me, his sons, uncover not your heads, neither rent your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, be wild the burning which the Lord hath kindled. The reason why Moses said that unto Aaron and unto Isaiah and also Ithamar is that, and if I pronounce these words, names wrong, please forgive me, is that because of their sin, we should mourn the ones that have already condemned themselves. We shouldn't mourn them because they knew what was righteous in the first place. And they did not heed where God has already put out to the people. Let me say that one more time to the people in the back. I know that there are times when we, as the body of Christ, we hear people die and we want to mourn them. But God already sat there and said, you saw what, how they were living contrary to what I've already given to them. And it becomes so profound because why are you going to moan someone that did not keep the precepts of who God is, especially if that was supposed to be the priest that was re representing God and helping them to connect God with us. Oh, let me say this one more time. The sin was so great in the camp that we had to remove, they had to remove them from the camp. And when they thought they can mourn them, they said, no, don't mourn them. Don't, 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 don't do it because they already knew the consequences to their actions. Some people say, pastor, we're judging. No, I'm not judging. I'm just telling you because God already put it in his word. He already given you the principles to live by the guidance he's already given you. He's already told you not to do certain things, but yet and still you still do them. You still perform them. You still sit there and you seek out them. And then you earnestly get to those points where you become a reprobated mind. And when I say reprobated, that means that you don't even acknowledge God anymore. And then your conscience, the right and wrong that you should know is seared like a hot iron. And then by that time, God has said, I will turn you over. That's in the word. Turn you over to the things that you are desiring and let them consume you. Oh, Jesus. My God. And that is what a lot of people, even if you're in the church, even if you say you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet and still you're sitting up here and living a double life. You're two-faced it, not doing what thus says the Lord, but yet and still you want to get into the pulpit or you want to get in front of people and, and sing God's praises or preach, but yet and still you're not living it. How do you think we feel? How do you think we feel when the ones that are actually living for God, we have people out here that are tainting our character, that are going to jail, that are 
lusting after women or men and then having to have the consumption of money as their greed, as their whole entire countenance or having to have so many people in your congregation, but yet it's still not feeding them. Oh, y'all come on. Y'all have honestly sat there and bumped your heads. I'm going to say it like I mean it. You think that God is pleased, but do you understand the ball and the how put before God a strange fragrance, a strange fire, excuse me, a strange fire and offered it to God. Do you know that the way that you are living, the sins that you are living, that is a strange fire in front of God and God is not pleased. Oh, this is war. And then at the same time, it's coming abrupt. It's coming into movies and into the television and how you're able to perceive for your children and how to be able to understand that they're going to try to be able to sit there and squeeze it out of you of who God is in your life. Quite simply put, because Satan wants to be God, but he cannot be God because it's already God in He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the Elohim, El Shaddai. He is the original, not the copy. He is the creator and not the creation. He is the one that has created all of us. And he is. I am that I am. God. But you don't understand that you want to be rocked to sleep. You sit up here and you go with these, all these people that are gospel artists, but they're not living what God is saying. And all of these prophets and these pastors and all of these ministers and teachers and all the money and everything else. And you get swept up into that. No, I, I would rather. And there is nothing wrong with being financially wealthy. God has given Job. God has given David. God has given so many people wealth. But he did it the right way. Because they were living the right way. So many people get ahead and it's not even God. It's Satan sitting up here cloaking himself as the angel of light. See, I had to understand that this podcast is about God and God alone. This ain't about me. I'm putting this out because I know the ramification of the consequences is dire now. The church is becoming dead and not live. Wake up, church. The church is sitting up here and giving off strange fire before God. And now God is mad and upset with us. And don't you know, a lot of people are dying and so many things are changing and doors are being locked. And God is sitting here and saying, enough is enough. You're not feeding my people. You're out here doing what you want to do and not what God has already ordained. And you think you're getting away. Not so, not so. And then at the same time, verse seven, and ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. Come on now. Let me say, oh, y'all, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. 
Verse seven, and ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. Don't you know you cannot go out any kind of way, shape, form, or fashion that you think you can? Because you are appointed, anointed, and you are supposed to be the ambassadors of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Verse 8, and the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Verse 9, do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee. When ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations. Verse 10, that ye may put, may, excuse me, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. Let me say one more time. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and difference between unclean and clean. Ooh, y'all just, verse 11, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statues which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. And y'all, please go back. Please go back and read the rest. But I'm telling you, stop sitting here and playing with God. God is nothing to play with. Do you understand that I have been able to read sometimes the people and their last testimonies and it has become so profound because some of them regret that they have been living their way. I thought it was this and now I'm learning this was not it. What? I have to go this way? No, God, I don't want to go. Oh, y'all don't understand. It is holiness or shallow. You need to make sure that you're doing what God says do. See, that's why I always tell you when you are listening to me, go into the word for yourself because this is your life. God is documenting everything we say and do and everything else. So you need to go in and, and get in an intimate relationship with God while yet he is being found. Stop sitting up here and waiting on the pastor and waiting on the preachers and the teachers and the songstress to get you into the mindset of serving God. No, you need to get up and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty early in the morning. You need to get up and say, you know what? Even though my body may be aching and my heart may be hurt, and my mind and my soul may not be functioning the way I need to. Don't you know you can sit there and say, you can command yourself. Let me speak those things that are not as though they were. I can sit there and make sure I can think myself happy. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all need to be able to sometimes like Pastor Jay Hazel said, praise God on credit on today. Do you understand when you start praising God and sometimes he will just have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost? Don't you know you they will come in and come and sit with you 
Y'all, sometimes when you think that you're supposed to be down and out and you don't see nothing, but then you come in there and you smile and you praising God in the midst of everything, don't you know that confuses the enemy? That gives you so much leverage and so much clout in God that God sits there and says, look at my child. That's my child praising me. Let me go and see about them. God will sit there and say, you know what? Let me send my angel and sit there and say, you know what? That person is giving God me, giving me the praise and the glory in spite of the hurt, the pain, even the sickness, anything that is thrown at them. They're still giving me what I am asking of them, which is joy. See, sometimes when we are in war, we're supposed to be able to be like Judah. Judah means praise. You know that before you go into war, you need to praise God. You need to give him the praise and the honor and the glory before you even get up to get your warfare going. You need to give God the praise because when you do that, you know that he's going to be able to take care of it. Be like Gideon on today. Give God the praise and the glory before you go to war. And don't you know that in so many different ways, the enemy was so confused and they would sit there because Gideon gave God the praise and the honor and the glory first. He, he knew the battle was God's and not his own. And I was like, man, y'all, I was looking at how Savannah in the book of Jeremiah and how also Daniel was just giving God the praise and the glory yet and still, they still threw him in the lion's den, but he did not stop praising God. He didn't stop sitting up here and giving God his prayer time, giving God his life, giving God his just doing saying, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They said, look, O king. Don't you know, even if he does not, and they talk about God, come in and rescue us. We still won't sit there and bow down to you because we are living for the true and living God. Don't you know that's got to take some cojones. That's got to take some growth. That's got to take some woo to say that. But some of y'all don't even want to sit there. And your toenail hurting, you don't want to go to church. Or you don't want to sit there and praise God. Oh, y'all, let me tell you something. Let me calm down. No, I ain't calming down. Because some of y'all want to sit here and give God some jellyback mess. Give God half praises. Y'all better sit here and realize God is worth every penny. Every time that you get up and praise God, no matter what in your home, when you sitting up here cleaning, when you sitting up there giving God and putting on praise music, don't you know the spirit of God comes down and don't you know he comes and he wants to sit there and praise him with you. He wants to come and dwell with you, but you sitting up here giving God half baked junk and you expect for him to come through for you. No, God said, no, I'm not like that. I'm not going to do that. God is sitting up here and telling you, give him the praise that is due every day. And when you feel like you can't go on, don't you know that's what prayer is for? Don't you know that's what your mouth is for? If you sit there and say, you know what? He says, God says that I am, I am there and dwelling in the praises of my people. So you need to lift your hands and give God the praise. And no matter what people say, don't you know that's the enemy 
Don't let, don't depend on what God, you don't depend on what people say, excuse me. Depend on what God is saying. Stop sitting up here and looking towards men, but look towards the hills which come with your help. Your help comes from God, which made the heavens and the earth. Stop sitting up here and saying that God is not real, that God is not going to keep you, that God is not going to be able to bless you. Stop looking for a man. Stop looking for a woman. Why won't you get with God and get into your word? Then he will send you somebody. He will sit there and clean you up. Make sure that you are the right one, and then he will send you help. He will make sure that you can cook and clean and take care of the kids before you sit up here and get with somebody that is not of God, but of hell and everything else. Y'all better sit there and have several seats because if you ain't living for God, this is wartime. So sitting up here and saying, nimmy, nimmy stuff and sitting up here and saying, well, God, I don't know if you can make, you can do this or God, you can. No, God is sitting up here. He is the true one. And you better sit up there and realize who God is. Now, let me calm down. Don't be giving God some half-baked stuff. Don't be sitting up there and saying that God can't come through. I'm living proof. I've been living for 46 years and God has never, never, never saw me through anything else. That God is not going to sit up. Ooh, y'all better. 46 years, God has been able to prove himself more and more through and through every time. So if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Stop sitting up here and saying, well, you know what? My grandmother, my grandfather, that's there. Don't be lying on nobody else's prayers. You better start praying for yourself. It's time out for you sitting up here and saying, well, you know what? Can you pray for me? No, sometimes you need to open up your mouth and say, God, I need you right now. God, I don't know what's going on, but you need to come in here right now and see about me. I don't know what you've been doing, God, but I need to understand what's going on with this. What, what, this is my homework, God, and I'm on assignment, but God, sometimes I don't understand. So God, I, I don't feel you right now, so I feel lonely. So can you come and see about me? God, I'm asking you, I'm out here in this wilderness. I have been able to be deported. Come on now, like Jeremiah and Daniel. I've been out here like Ezekiel. I've been out here like Hezekiah. I've been out here not doing what you say do, but God, I'm asking you. Because of the people having been disobedient, but God, I had to go with them because you say it. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. Oh, come on now. I'm talking to you, United States of America. I'm talking to you, South Korea. I'm talking to you in the world. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and heal your land. So I'm asking you, God, to come down right now in the name of Jesus. Come down and heal this land, Lord. I'm asking you for forgiveness, Lord. I'm asking you for, for the things that we have done and, and yet still doing, God. And I'm asking you to go back into the White House. I'm talking about the Blue House on tonight. I'm asking you, God, to come in and set the establishment you have given to us thus far because you are the living God. We don't serve anybody else. We don't look to anybody else but you. So I'm asking you, God, please forgive us of our sins, God, and come back and heal our land because we need you. We can't do this without you. 
We can't survive. We can't breathe. We can't even go out our house without you. I can't even move. I can't have no being God. This is war, but y'all want to sit up here and leave God and then sit up here and backslide and think that it's okay. Do you understand that God is sitting up here and he's a just God and a jealous God and he's sitting up here and he's sitting up here and saying, you know what? I'm going to be savage. I'm going to do what he says do, but God is sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm done. It's your time. Stop sitting up here patty caking with the enemy and then coming back and thinking you're going to reap the benefits. God said, nah, it's done. So now, church of the living God, you need to be reading, you need to be studying, you need to be able to do it, God, and live like God is coming tomorrow. Oh, come on. I don't hear. Y'all don't hear me. Live like God is coming tomorrow. Be the ones that God needs for us to have in these last and evil days. This is war. Do you understand? It's starting to collide. The enemy and also us are colliding. And soon, we're going to find out who is the real, true, living church. And who has been faking it. Who has not been sitting up here and getting a relationship with God. Who does not have the anointed oil on him or her, but you let your light out. You stop doing what God says do. You have been able to have someone to hinder your race, your journey. And God always says, who has hindered you? That is in the word. That is in the word. Stop sitting up here and thinking you have time. We have no time, none. God said, choose ye this day in Joshua, whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Choose. This is wartime. You can't be, you can only be hot. You can't be cold. You can't be lukewarm. God is going to spew you out of his mouth. So either be hot. In God or be cold in the, in the enemy. Be on fire for God in the right way. Be illuminated. Be in the transparency of God that when you go and you burn. Ooh, come on now. That you burn things off of you and also you make sure that when you come in contact with someone else, you start burning their sins off of them and letting them come into who God is for them. I've learned that certain ways that when you burn certain wood, it will burn different colors. You will see sometimes blue, red, and sometimes green. And then at the same time, the frequency and the intensity of that wood would be able to excel into that fire. Y'all don't hear me though. God's fire is pure. It's holy. It's anointed. And we can't even, we can't even be in God's presence because we're not holy. We're, we're, we're tainted. Adam made, Adam and Eve brought sin into this world. That's why Moses could only see his backside and not his front. 
That's why when you have all of these visions and dreams, some of them, some of the prophets become limp because they can't take all of that. That is so pure. But God is sitting here and telling you, choose. This is a war now, spiritual and physical. And you will start seeing the ramification and the consequences to your actions. Yes, you are saved now. But when you are out in the world and doing what you are doing, God still needed to be able to know, let you know you had consequences to your actions. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. What you have already sown, that's what you're reaping. Man, pastor, that's hard. Yep. But I'd rather reap what I sown that was not of God than to be going to hell. And that's final. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, people don't want to realize that you can go to hell, Shalo, over the mess that you've been doing. And you don't think it's consequences to your actions. Let me say this. Every time that you sit there and falter, there is a new Christian that is trying to learn about God. And they are looking at you as the example. And once you fall, don't you know they'll go and see and put into the same footsteps as you. They will go and do the things that you used to do. That you used to claim. That you used to create. And then at the same time, this Satan would sit there and try to trip you up because he was the accuser. That's what he is. And he'll go before God and say, look, this is what she used to do. This is what she's doing now. And then God will sit there and say, you know, look and see and, and, and say, wait a minute, is this person doing this? Why are you going to go revert back to what you used to do? It's like a dog to his vomit. Why would you go back? Let me tell you something. And I tell myself this every day. I don't want to go back to the way I used to be. I was so selfish. I was so rude. I was so, I was so in, in my face and so much of all, I think I'm all of this and that. But God was like, nope, that's not you. That's not the way I created you to be. I don't want to be like that no more. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Live like that now. And don't you know, a lot of the things that, and I'm going to say this like I mean it, it's like we have things that we got to toil with our flesh. Our flesh can get us in trouble. Because in certain situations and certain in certain aspects, our flesh will act up because they remember when you used to do this or you used to do that. Example, if you got a heated conversational argument, you would cat you would clap back immediately. Get out of your whole entire way. But God is sitting here and saying, Don't do that anymore. God is sitting up here and telling you I, I have a different way of you being like this. And I don't know about you, and I'm going to say it like I mean it. I would cry because I remember how God would sit there and things would pile up or something with, you know, and I would cry because I remember I used to just get mad and upset and just whatever in it. And God is like, you want to keep your whole entire of, of being who you are in this season. You, you don't want to be out there like that no more. Because if you go out there like that, who are you example for? And if somebody sees you are like that, you just messed up your whole entire testimony. 
You just did. Over what? Something that is simple, that is a little bit out of your comfort zone. People can take you out of there, but it's up to you to stay in God. Maintain your character, your status, your way of life. The anointing that you have over yourself, it costs too much. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. This ain't about war. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because my statue, my way of life, my, my circumstances, my benefit and who God is, that outweighs all of this mess that people are talking bad about me, all this mess about all this other stuff that people do to me. I don't have to sit there and I don't have to take it. So that's why God removes a lot of people out of my life now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I've noticed that God starts removing people because they start telling you exactly who they are and their whole entire intent and who you are going to be in their lives. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I had to learn that God is honestly telling people and showing me how people are through different situations. And I'm letting you know this now that the way that this world is becoming, it's going to get wickeder and wickeder. No peace for some people. But the ones that are true in God is going to be peaceful. Prosperous for the ones that are in God. But the ones that are not in God, it's going to be, whoo, Lord, help me, Jesus. Job 24, chapter. Why seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty? Do they... That know him, not see his days. Verse two, some remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks and feed thereof. Verse three, they drive away the donkeys of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. Verse four, they turn the, the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth hide themselves together. Verse five, behold, as wild donkeys in the desert go they forth to their work, rising besides for a prey. The wilderness yields food for them and for their children. Verse 6, they reap everyone his corn in the field, and they gather the, vin the vintage of the wicked. Verse 7, they cause the naked to lodge without clothing that they have no covering in the cold. Verse eight, they are wet with the showers of the mountains and embrace the rocks for want of a shelter. Verse nine, they pluck the fatherless from the breast and take a pledge of the poor. Verse 10, they cause him to go naked without clothing and they take away the sheep from the hungry. Is that not what we see right now? Is that not what we see right now? All the different things, people stealing from people, even if it's just, it's, stealing can be an object and also some people are killing people, stealing their livelihood, stealing their life and their time on this earth. Some people are so vengeful, they even steal cars while children are still in them. Y'all don't hear me though. You starting to see innocence 
getting killed, poor people getting killed. Even the homeless are, some of them are acting out because they're not getting the mental help they need. These are the things that's going on in the United States and some abroad. Do you understand our whole entire nation is in jeopardy? We need you, Lord, more than ever. I need you, God. I need you to come and establish all that you have done in our lives. This is all a war and it's time. For the body of Christ to rise up and set the standard right. To have the churches to go back to God. To have the ministers, preachers, prophets, apostles, teachers. To go back to God and do it the way that God has shown us to do it. There is a remnant coming that is strong and mighty and will not back down. And will bring the word and bring everything that God has told them. And that they will be holy and seek after him. Church, wake up. Sinner, wake up. You have time. Both of you. And as the body of Christ, that's me also. That's you. Please go and repent and ask God to come in. Heal your land. Stop what you're doing, knowing who God is. In these last and evil days, he is calling you. Please answer him. There is nothing too hard for God. And you have not done anything that you can't come back from. And you need to repent and ask God to come in. And it says Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you want to be able to accept God in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm going to say verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Let me tell you something. I bind up the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. For the ones that think that you have done so much that God cannot be able to forgive you. He will forgive you. He says just to come back home. Come back prodigal son. That can be daughter or son. Man or woman. Mankind come back. He needs his bride. The day and the hours are so dark and so lonely and so evil. Come back to God. Come in out of the cold. Knowing that God is coming soon. He's sending his son to come back for his church. Know that you have time. Do you? We don't. You don't know the day or the hour he will come. We don't know when we have to go see God. So please do it today. Don't hesitate. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, please follow and subscribe so that you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music and Audible, Spotify and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podcaster and other major platforms. 
also YouTube. If you enjoy what you've heard with this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating. That will help us to reach more people. And if you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Facebook under It Is Written by Latanya Uyola. That is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Also, it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. This is something coming from God. This is not from me. I want to make sure you hear me clearly. God is the one that has opened up my mouth, that has been able to give me this platform. So for the ones that have been with me from the beginning, and if you just met me and are starting this journey with me, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you so much for coming in and having fellowship with us on today. And I say this because my family, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful for everything that I am in this time and in this season. This is war. So please make sure you're on the right path. You have the right armor of God on and you're doing what God says do. We're not judging. We're telling you in love and in kindness, what you're doing is wrong. Start examining yourselves. Start making sure you're on the right track and in God's way. So much so. And let not your thoughts, let not your lifestyle, let not your actions nor behavior. They shift you away from God. God, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, please forgive us of our sins, Lord, known and unknown, seen and unseen, even our thoughts, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to be able to bless us, to have our thoughts and our minds and our heart aligned with you. And when our thoughts and our minds and our heart are going away from you, God, I'm asking you to be able to come in and shift us back to you. Let us, let this nation, let these people, let everyone to be able to come back to you right now in the name of Jesus, I pray and I thank you. Heal our hearts and our minds on today. Forgive us of our sins, God. Bless us to do what you say do, no matter what. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Now, I want to let you know, if you pray that prayer with me, please reach out to me. If you have, once again, any questions or concerns, please reach out to me. I'm here. Also, too, I'm letting you know this right now. I am so grateful and thankful once again for you coming and listening to me. I'm thankful and grateful for God being able to be the forefront of my life and the center of everything I do. Thankful for everything he has given me. You be a blessing to someone and be able to be blessed on purpose on tonight. And we thank you so much. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy win. The race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong, but to the one that endureth to the end. It's okay to pause. It's okay to make sure that your whole entire armor is repaired 
but it's not okay for you to give up. It's not okay for you to throw in the towel. Keep going no matter what. We are making heaven our home. Amen. Que no se me da. Añón.